Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome to the Will Within Podcast. This is your home for shared stories of hope, perseverance, will, and inspiration. Join us today as we share another story that brings to life the underlying beat of our lives. Consider us your virtual friends. Let's get inspired. Welcome to the Will Within Podcast, and I'm your host, Regina Pontus. This is a wonderful and blessed Holy Week that we're in right now. The Triduum, which starts tomorrow on Holy Thursday, we are going to be celebrating the three days of Christ's uh, death and resurrection on Sunday. And we're also going to be starting the Divine Mercy Chaplet, which starts on Good Friday, and it ends on Divine Mercy Sunday, which is a week from this Sunday. So I'm going to be playing for you an encore presentation of an interview I did last year with Father Roche, who is one of the head people that's in charge of the Marians of the American Conception, and that headquarters in the United States is in Stockbridge, Mass. So without any further ado, I'm going to get you right to this presentation, and I wish you a beautiful and blessed Holy Easter 2023. Father Joseph Roach. He is one of the vicar generals of the Marians of the Immaculate Heart, but he works out of Rome. He's one of the five vicar generals. So I'm very excited to talk to him. We're going to be talking about the Novena for the Divine Mercy, which actually happens on the Good Friday before, so it's nine days before Divine Mercy Sunday. And then he also talks about the blessings that are associated with the Divine Mercy. So without any further ado, let's get to that. I'd love for you to understand all of the Divine Mercy and the blessings that are associated with it. Welcome, Father Roche. It's wonderful to have you here in this Lenten season. I wanted to get us to start focusing on what the Church is doing for Divine Mercy because mm -hmm. it's such an integral part of the message of Faustina and Jesus Christ and His Mercy that is given to us. So I wanted to talk to you. It's great. You're the Vicar General. And so you can tell us a little bit about that. And also tell us about your upbringing, history of Stockbridge. Sure. And then we'll talk about the actual divine mercy for Catholics and maybe not Catholic as I. Sure. Sounds great. Just well, a few please. minutes. 
<laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, there's no problem. I grew up in uh, Staten Island, New York. I was born in uh, Queens and uh, lived in Brooklyn briefly, but uh, mostly Staten Island. I was one of five children. My father was a high school art teacher. Uh, my parents were very uh, religious. They were secular Franciscans and they went to daily mass. So they gave us a good example. So uh, I began as an altar server and thought about the priesthood even from a young age. Then I went to a all boys Catholic high school on Staten Island. I went to St. Joseph's University in Philadelphia. I majored in English with a special concentration in drama and theater and a minor in fine arts. I worked as an actor for a couple of years. I, I toured the country doing Shakespeare and I did some other things uh, in and outside of New York City and in other places. But then I always had this thought of my, in the back of my mind about the priesthood. And, uh, and so the Lord was calling me all those years and I was kind of struggling with the call and, and how to answer it. And I finally found the Marians First Marian I ever met was actually in Fatima in Portugal. Really? I was 24. I, I, went, I ended up making a trip over there as I was discerning my vocation and trying to figure everything out. And I met the, the vocation director over in Portugal at the Marian house. And he said, how old are you? I said, I'm 24. He said, that's the perfect age. 23 is too soon. 25 is too late. Join now. <laughs> <laughs> so he was a good salesman. By the way, can uh, I make a pitch for your Fatima 100 book? There's a oh, book yeah. that you have out all about Fatima, and it talks about your your history growing up history. and the influence of Fatima as well. So I want to give you a little plug, so continue. Yeah, no, I actually have three uh, coffee table books. One is on Fatima, one is on the Shrines of Our Lady in Rome, oh, and one is on the Shrines of Our Lady in uh, France. Oh, great. And, uh, so all of them have been very interesting to do. So anyway, I came back from Fatima. I ended up joining the Marians. I got ordained 30 years ago this year, and... Uh, a lot of my work was in the States, uh, working in with formation with our young men and working at our Shrine of the Divine Mercy. But then um, 17 years ago, they ended up electing me to go to Rome, and I've been in, living in Rome for 17 years now. And gen, as the Vicar General, as the Assistant to the Superior General of the Order, so helping with the administration of the community all over the world, and that's been fascinating. I ended up, never thought I'd end up working overseas, but now I've been all over the world going to these different countries and helping the Marians. Can you lay out the org? I'm sorry to interrupt. Can you lay out the org chart? How many and how many countries are they in? And well, well we're in about 20 general... countries uh, around the world. Uh, we're about 500 men. We have an interesting history because 100 years ago, because of religious persecution in Europe, we were down to one member. We were almost extinct. Oh my God. But then the Lord brought us back. Maybe He wanted to save us so we could help promote the Divine Mercy. And so, since I've been here, I've been to Rwanda and Cameroon in Africa. I've been to uh, Brazil and um, Argentina and South America. I've been to Australia several times. I've been to India, the Philippines, um, Vietnam, um, Alaska, uh, many countries in Europe uh, and places like Kazakhstan and Lithuania and uh, Latvia and uh, the Ukraine and uh, uh, the Czech Republic and Slovakia, all kinds of very interesting places. Yeah. So. You, th those are some of the places where we work around the world, and we just try to spread God's message of, uh, you know, the, the divine mercy and the Immaculate Conception. Uh, our founder, we're celebrating 350 years this year of our founder, St. Stanislaus Papchinsky, and he founded us to promote the message of the uh, Immaculate Conception, to um, help the souls in purgatory, and to help the diocesan priests. So that's why he founded us. And uh, then 
in the 20th century, the Lord also gave us this message of the divine mercy to promote. So it's been an interesting history. That's wonderful. So let's talk a little bit about um, Stockbridge and what you okay. plan on doing with that now and and talk a little bit well, about your podcast as well so we can get on to doing the- Stockbridge, we have the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy. And uh, I used to work there uh, regularly. Now, since I've been in Rome, I, used, I would go every year for Mercy Sunday for the big celebrations. And we would usually have 15, 20,000 people there for these big celebrations. Uh, and then of course, COVID happened. So the last two years, I have stayed here in Rome and I haven't gone back there. This year, they are opening up a little bit more and they're gonna have uh, more people come, but they're still gonna try to limit it because, because of, you know, the, with COVID and everything they can't handle the big crowds of 15, 20,000, but they're gonna do it a little differently this year. They used to have the whole focus on one big mass in the afternoon and everybody just comes for that one big mass. Well, now they're gonna have a, something, a mass in the morning, a mass in the afternoon and a mass in the evening. So people can come and go okay. and they can kind of control the crowds a little bit different that way. Yeah, and they've been reaching the whole world with streaming videos since the um, COVID thing. So yeah. it's been a kind of a, uh, you know, it's, it was sad that what everybody's going through, but it sort of people all over the world has, have discovered us because of There's that. There's also so, a civil uh, landing in everything. I, that's I, I, right, I, I, that's right. So God uses everything to get the message out. You know, in, right. in the Jerusalem, when the early Christians were being persecuted, they, they left Jerusalem and they started spreading the gospel all over the world. So God uses everything to, mm. uh, to uh, help the things. So Stockbridge is, is a very special place. You know, the beautiful shrine of the divine mercy there. It's a beautiful place of pilgrimage, uh, very special graces there. And so we're, I was just having another meeting just before this where we're planning on celebrations for Mercy Sunday and we're, we're going to do a, a, a broadcast. I'm going to do my part from Rome. They're going to do their part from, uh, from there. And uh, so it's still a very important thing to prepare for Mercy Sunday. Mercy Sunday, of course, is the octave of Easter, one week after Easter. And so that whole week uh, between Easter and Mercy Sunday is like one big celebration of Easter. You celebrate the feast for eight days and God pours out all kinds of graces on that day. Uh, there's a special uh, plenary indulgence com uh, con connected with Mercy Sunday and special graces that uh, the Lord promised to St. Faustina. So all of Lent, which we're in now, should be a preparation for Easter. So now's the time for us to be converting and get into confession and uh, preparing our hearts to uh, receive all the graces that the Lord wants to pour out on us on Easter, which is basically a, like a new baptism, forgiveness of yeah. sin and, and starting fresh. What are we going to do with respect to um, incorporating the divine mercy into our daily lives too? Because even after the divine mercy Sunday, we do have a novena that's the eight days and we do have mm -hmm. all that information that you have available on marians.org. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. That's right. So yeah. So the immediate preparation for Mercy Sunday is that novena that you mentioned, which begins on Good Friday, the day Christ died on the cross. And so for like nine days in preparation for Mercy Sunday, we, we pray for different groups of people every day, people who are far from the Lord, people who don't know the Lord, people who would like to get to know the Lord, people who do promote divine mercy. So there's different groups of people who are basically trying to pray for the whole world because the Lord wants to reach mm -hmm. everybody. He doesn't want anybody to be left out. And then, of course, there's many graces he pours out on us on Mercy Sunday. As I said, it's like a new baptism. But you don't finish with your baptism. The baptism is just the beginning. You know, that's mm -hmm. like 
Jesus was baptized at the beginning of his public ministry, and then he began, you know, spreading the good news. So it's the same with us. We're baptized. Those of us who are baptized now have been like commissioned to go into the world and spread the good news that Jesus loves us, that he's merciful, that he wants to forgive us, that he's with us. And so our whole life should be being merciful to other people. We've received great mercy from God. God has given us new life. He's given us our life. He's given us a, a fresh start after we've sinned when we ask for forgiveness. So we should now be merciful to each other and try to spread that, that message that God loves us and he doesn't want to leave anyone out. And then, so the works of mercy, the acts of mercy, trying to be kind to one another. You know, we're in the midst of this terrible situation in Ukraine right now. We got to pray for, for everybody because we're all children of God. We shouldn't be killing each other. We shouldn't be, uh, you know, fighting with one another. We're all children of God. And so we, we should be praying for, for peace in the world, that God would pour out his mercy and give us this peace. But it, it begins with ourselves. So it begins with each person has to begin to live a new life to try to open their heart to God's grace uh, and be merciful to God is merciful to us. So we want to be merciful to another, one another. And another important part of this message of mercy is trusting in God, that he loves us, that he's with us, he's not out to get us, that he wants to help us. And so if we open our heart to him in trust, that gives him permission to work in our heart, and uh, everything is possible then. I remember hearing that a rosary, you can consider the liturgy of the word, Mm -hmm. and divine mercy, you can consider that a liturgy of the Eucharist, so you encompass the whole mass. Yeah, yeah. In a day. Well, the rosary has those all those beautiful mysteries. Um, I love the, the scripture of rosaries. Yeah, the resurrection, uh, the ascension of our Lord, the descent of the Holy Spirit. Um, there's things that come from the scriptures. There's things come from our tradition. And so when we pray the rosary, we can meditate on all of those beautiful mysteries in the life of Jesus and Mary. And so that's why, like the liturgy of the word, like, you know, meditating on, on the, the, those beautiful mysteries, like meditating on the gospel. And then the, the um, divine mercy chaplet, which you also pray on the rosary beads, um, focuses so much on the Eucharist. We, what we do is in the divine mercy chaplet, it's almost like an extension of the mass. Yeah. We offer to the, the heavenly father, the perfect sacrifice of Jesus who died on the cross, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. So we're asking God to forgive us for our sins and to not look at us and our sins, but to look at the sacrifice of Jesus that made atonement for it. And then how can God refuse such, a, such an offering? He, he loves his son, and he's grateful that he died on the cross for us, so he wants to pour out his mercy on us. And so it's almost like at Mass, the priest is holding up the host to heaven and offering up Jesus to the Heavenly Father. And when we pray that chaplet prayer, it's almost like doing the same thing, offering up to the Heavenly Father that perfect sacrifice of Jesus and saying, for his sake, please have, have mercy on us and forgive us. And so the, the, uh, the Mass is the most powerful prayer, and the Divine Mercy Chaplet is like an extension of that. Uh, and uh, it's that focus on the Eucharist, um, and uh, the source and summit of our Catholic faith, as the church teaches. So, um, yeah, it's, it, when we pray that prayer, it's very powerful. The Lord has promised to St. Faustina in her diary, she was the visionary who told the world about everything, uh, about the divine mercy, that it, it's a 
powerful prayer for the conversion of sinners. It's a powerful prayer to pray when people are dying and on their deathbed. Um, you know, you pray that prayer even when you have bad weather and you, <laughs> you want to uh, end the storm or something. It's just a powerful prayer uh, to call out to God and ask for the help that we need. I don't know if you had the opportunity to see The Chosen. Oh, yeah, I watched that. It's wonderful. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Jonathan Romy, who is, plays Jesus, he actually is a devout Catholic. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely but right. there, but everybody on that show is a very different denominations and right. whatever. Right. Well, it seems to me that a lot of people have been using the Hallow app to okay. pray the divine, that, yep. yeah, to pray the divine mercy with him because he does good. it on yeah, on the Hallow app. That. Talk that's to right. us about the the benefits of divine mercy for any Christian, not necessarily Catholic. I know we well. There's a beautiful image of the divine mercy. Hopefully, everybody's seen that. Can you explain it? It's about rays, right? Okay, so it's a picture of Jesus, like coming into the upper room after the uh, uh, resurrection, and the apostles are frightened and in the upper room, and and they're uh, scared. And Jesus, this is the gospel for Mercy Sunday. And Jesus comes into that upper room, and he pours out his love and his mercy and his healing and his forgiveness on them. So that's what the divine mercy image is like. The picture of Jesus, like approaching us, walking toward us, and his one hand is reached up in blessing, like he's giving us a blessing. And his other hand is like drawing aside his, um, his garment at his uh, chest, and there's like white and red rays pouring forth from his heart. That's a symbol of the blood in the water that came forth from his heart when he died on the cross and the, and the, the uh, Roman centurion pierced his side. Mm -hmm. And that blood and water is, is a symbol of our baptism and a symbol of the Eucharist. It's a symbol of all the graces that he wants to pour out on us, the love he pours out on us, the Holy Spirit that he wants to pour out on us. And that's for everybody. Right. Um, it's, it's a very comforting message. And at the bottom of that picture, it says, Jesus, I trust in you. And he wants all of us to have a relationship with him and to be able to say, Jesus, I trust in you. I trust that you're going to be with me, that you're going to help me, that you're not going to abandon me, because we're all related to him, because God the Father created us, and so it's like we're one family. So none of us are to be left out. Everybody is a child of God, whether they know it or not. Right. And so the message is for everybody. It's a beautiful message. Yes, it's a beautiful yes. prayer. And even, you know, sometimes our, our Protestant brothers and sisters would have a questioning about the saints. There's, nothing, there's no problem with this prayer. It's all about Jesus. Everybody wants to focus on Jesus. This is a focus on Jesus. So let's, we'll keep focusing on Jesus who loves us. And, uh, and he'll, and so it's a prayer that anybody can pray, not just Catholics. I've seen when I've done my research, uh, my middle name is Margaret Mary. Oh. So right. Mary Alacoque, Margaret Mary Alacoque, remember? She's right. obviously just a sacred heart. And there's an extension to that with two Faustina. With right. Divine mercy, right? And then right. from well, there, will you explain how that connection was and then also how the Divine Mercy got to the United States? Because I know you have a movie out, but there are other movies right. on, on it too, right. but it's a fascinating story. Because oh, one yeah. of your priests just died, I forget his name, God rest his soul. He was a wonderful yeah. man. Really and he journey. had a he had an amazing connection too to the yeah. spiritual advisor of Sister Faustina. Can you explain a little bit about that? Because it is sure. a fascinating story. It is. Well, the Sacred Heart devotion came from a visitation sister, uh, Saint Margaret Mary Alacoque. Um, in I think it was in the 1500s, the Lord appeared to her as the Sacred Heart, uh, 
with uh, his heart exposed on his chest just to show his love for us, his tremendous love for us. Uh, and he at that time said, love is not loved in return. In other words, he loves us. He died for us. He gave so much for us. And then meanwhile, people are just kind of taking him for granted and, and uh, you know, ignoring him. So he was trying to, at that time, wake the world up to great love he has for his, uh, his people. And that was, you know, about 500 years ago. So then in the 20th century, there was the St. Faustina who lived just 33 years at the beginning of the 20th century. And she had these apparitions of Jesus who came in a kind of a similar way. She didn't see his heart, but she saw those rays coming from his heart, um, the, the, symbolizing the blood and the water. And so that was a message that came initially just to Poland because she was in Poland and she died right before World War II. Now, in 19, she died in 38, 1939, World War II started and Warsaw was almost destroyed with the bombings and all that they went through. So I think what the Lord was trying to tell them was, I haven't forgotten about you. I, I, I've, I've not given up. So stay, stay trusting in me, stay, stay focused, and I'll get you through this, this terrible period that's coming here, this, this Second World War. But it wasn't just a message from Poland. It was a message for the whole world. So... Uh, how did the message get out? Because they were under communism for a long time over there. And so it was very hard to publish things. It was very hard to, uh, you know, spread the message because the communists didn't want, um, you know, religious stuff going out. You know, the Catholic Church was sort of a, the, the biggest enemy of, of communism for them. If they could destroy the Catholic Church, communism could just keep spreading. So what happened was St. Faustina had a, had a wonderful spiritual director named Father Michael Sapochko. Uh, who is now blessed, he's on his way to becoming a saint as well. And he got the messages, uh, documents about the divine mercy to one of our priests. His name was Father Joseph Yarshambovsky. And he escaped from that Eastern Europe, Lithuania and Poland, had a miraculous escape. He ended up going through uh, Russia and, and the Trans-Siberian Railroad. He went to Japan. He, he went across the, the water uh, the ocean to uh, the United States, to the West Coast, made his way to the East Coast. It was just an amazing uh, journey. And it was all kinds of miracles along the way in that the communists should have seized the documents that he had with him somehow or other. They, they didn't. He had expired visas and expired passports and all kinds of problems that he shouldn't have been able to go forward. But all of that stuff, you know, he was able to get through. Money would arrive at the last minute so he could continue the journey. And he finally got to the States. So when he got to the States, uh, this was uh, around the time of World War II, we had some Marians in the United States at the time in uh, Washington, D.C. He got there and they began to promulgate these uh, divine mercy messages among uh, the Polish people initially in the United States because the original messages were, uh, it was all in Polish. And then our men began to translate it into English and then eventually it got translated into all kinds of other languages. And, and we eventually went from Washington, D.C. to Stockbridge, Massachusetts. We opened the Shrine of the Divine Mercy, and that became a real hub because we began to spread the, the message of the Divine Mercy first through leaflets and pamphlets and holy cards. And eventually, uh, the translation of her diary, we got the, the first Polish uh, diary of St. Faustina published in the United States, and then the English diary, and now it's, it's published in all different languages all over the world. And Father Seraphim Mihalenko, 
who was a member of our province and states, was instrumental in getting that diary published. He had to also escape with um, right. mi microfilm. I think yeah. microfilm, I think they called it. Yeah, so they, they had the, taken pictures of the, of the diary in Poland, and then they had to shrink it down into that like microfilm. And then he, he smuggled it out of there. And then so they had the official pages of her diary. And that's how we ended up getting it published in the States. And uh, then he was also instrumental in the two miracles that led to the canonization of St. Faustina, which were two Americans. There was Maureen Deigen. Uh, her uh, healing through the intercession of Faustina led to the beatification of Faustina in 1993. And then another one, Father Ron Pytel, uh, who was a priest from the Archdiocese of Baltimore, his healing through the intercession of St. Faustina led to her canonization in the year 2000 by John Paul II in Rome. And that was also the year that um, he also declared Mercy Sunday as, as a feast uh, for the whole church. Father Seraphim was also instrumental in helping them see that this was a, something that sh should be proclaimed, that there was real um, support for it all over the world, all over the Catholic world. Uh, he went on Mother Angelica a few times and asked people to send in petitions about it. And they got all kinds of petitions from all over the world. And he sent that to the Rome, to the Vatican, to let them know. And so it's amazing how all of that unfolded. And um, so now it's a feast all over the world. What is the name of the movie that you guys did? We did a couple of movies. Um, we did Divine Mercy No Escape many, many years ago. That was uh, hosted by uh, uh, Helen Hayes, that actress. And then uh, more recently, there was a Polish director named Michael Conrad who did a, a wonderful uh, uh, movie about uh, St. Faustina. I'm drawing a blank on the title of it. I, I was actually- Isn't I there a movie narrative. called Love and Mercy? Love and Mercy, maybe that was it. Yeah, I, 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 um, I, I did some narration for that. I think that might've been it, yeah. So uh, yeah, that's, that's a wonderful movie. And that's, they actually showed in the movie theaters a year yes, or two ago. Yes, I thought it was successful. Yeah. I, I think it's it Love and Mercy, yeah, yeah, you're right. And you can get it on Prime. You can get it on um, yeah, Amazon yeah. Prime. Yeah, he's got a new movie out of Purgatory, which is very good too. Oh, really? Oh, that's oh, that's what you have a three. If you go to the website, there's actually an ability. Yeah, yeah the divinemercy.org is a good website, and then they have a place called Shop Mercy. Oh, okay. Dot org, which is part of that website, and uh, that you can buy a lot of those things on there. So this has been wonderful. Now I'm going to ask one question. I ask everybody, but. I think I might know the answer to this one. Tell me if I'm wrong. I, I always ask people what their mantra is because I talk uh, to a lot of people from a lot of uh, different faiths and, and I'm uh, guessing yours is Jesus. I trust it. <laughs> I would think I would have to be, you know, I didn't get to talk about my podcast. Maybe I should. Oh yeah. Let's talk time about to that. get that in. Oh, of course. You talk about okay. it. What? That's right. So, um, Last year, uh, you know, with COVID, we had all of these quarantines you ended up having to do. I ended up having to do three two-week quarantines in the course of a year. Uh, I think I did uh, one in the States and two in my house in Rome. So last year in February, I went to Florida for my niece's uh, wedding. I came back to Rome uh, and I ended up having to do a two-week quarantine. Okay. Well, at that time, uh, one of the the public one of the people who was working at the Marian Helper Center in Stockbridge suggested that I do a podcast in which we would try to get the diary of St. Faustina read in one year. So I would read two pages a day and then give about a couple minute uh, commentary on on the, the podcast. So I began that during that quarantine. It gave me something to do while I was holed up in my and, and she usually successful, I think. It's almost yeah. no, it really, might not it really be on par with the Bible in a month a year, but 
It's pretty yeah. popular, I believe. No, it really is. It's reached over a million uh, total uh, downloads, and, and it's wow. reached a lot of different people all over the wow. world, which is great. That's great. So I've just enjoyed doing it, uh, you know, reading the diary and then thinking about it and uh, giving a little commentary on it. And, you know, you really get to know St. Faustina well. You get to see how the Lord worked in her life, and you can see from that how he's working in our lives. And so it really has uh, opened my eyes, and I think it's touched a lot of people. So it's a Do very you know nice the title podcast. of it? It's called St. Faustina's Diary in a Year. Okay, great. You can get it on all different podcast platforms. Okay, great. And now you're on to letters because the the book... Right, I, I, I finished reading the diary in about 10 and a half months. We didn't actually know exactly how long it would take. And then they said, well, why don't you keep it going for the year? So I found a wonderful book called The, the Letters of St. Faustina. Mm. And she wrote a lot of letters between herself and her spiritual director and to her family and to other sisters. And so that gives us a little bit more insight into St. Faustina. You see a diff- little different side of her. Uh, she was fascinating. And, she was uh, sounded so fascinating. Different. Yeah, she really was. I loved her communications with him, too. She's so genuine. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so yeah, blessed. So, so pure. Yeah. Art. So let me ask you, uh, are you going to plan on doing it again? Or are you doing something else? Uh, give us a little sneak well, peek of what's going to happen. Well, we, uh, we, we, they're going to broadcast again. I mean, once the, I think we'll finish it in um, April, and then they're, they're planning on running it again. So anybody who hasn't uh, heard it or would like to hear it again or listen to it again, I think my sister's... And start the novena, right? On the novena? Yeah, at, at around the time of the novena, yeah. The, my sister's listened to the whole thing, and my one sister's thinking, I want to listen to it again because I <laughs> missed some things the first time. So you can always do that. But we're thinking of possibly doing something in the future on another spiritual book. Uh, somebody had suggested um, Imitation of Christ, which is a spiritual oh. classic. We'll have oh. to see. Um, but we, ha- we still have to discuss those things. But hopefully we'll, we'll have something on that because we all need to continue to work on our spiritual life and get to know Jesus better. That's, that's uh, the aim of it all. That's the end game. So thank you so much for doing this. I, it's a wonderful opportunity for people to understand what blessings that can be derived from mm-hmm. the Divine Mercy Chaplet and the novena that's coming up. Yep. So on Good Friday, as a matter of fact, let me remind people about that. Right. I'll put all the links down below. I don't know if you have an MP3 of yourself praying it, but for people who want to pray with you, if you want, I can make sure I put a link to that. And it would be a wonderful resource for people to feel like they can, um, you know, with two or three gathered, we're more playing. Right. That's right. Amen. Yeah, that's so true. this has been a wonderful opportunity. Thank you so much, Father, for doing this. Thank you, Regina. I really enjoyed it, and I'll be praying for you and all the listeners. Please. Thank you. God bless you. Okay, thanks. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.